0: This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Well, hello and welcome to the Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pacer. I'm your host, Paul Wheelock, and I'm joined today by Adam Jones hello, mate. and Sam Carroll. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Sam. Uh, sadly, there's only one place to start, lads, isn't it? And that's Goodison Park on Sunday. Not Christmas? No, no. It's Christmas cancelled this year. Damn. I hope we've oh, cancelled. Hopefully, cancel the Christmas party anyway after. I was wondering why I had charcoal my mistaken this morning. <laughs> oh, that was just because of me. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I've got here for Christmas. <laughs> anyway, Sunday, Goodison Park, Tottenham six, Everton two. Horrible afternoon, Sam. You were there on reporting duty for the Echo. What did you make of it?
1: I mean, the the back end of the game, I've tried to see it out of my memory. Um, interesting for the first maybe half an hour, even when it was like 1-1, you know, I had one guy in the press box say It was almost like a game of basketball, wasn't it? You know, Everton were picking the ball up and going forward, uh, taking the game to Spurs and then Spurs would take it, take the ball forward and take the game to Everton. It was quite an enjoyable watch, but all the way through it, you were thinking, you know, these are fans some space, especially centrally, you know, they would... Two, three men every time, running, running a Coleman down, down Everton's right hand side, uh, which you kind of thought, you know, are, are we going to kind of? The only way we were going to win that game was probably if we could have got that second. The calvert Lewin scored and, and just tried our best to see it out. But you know, I said in the analysis afterwards, we we handed them a goal at the worst possible time. Uh, it's it's always not nice to make comparisons, obviously with Liverpool. We don't like to do that, but you kind of look. Their goalkeeper, Alisson, who's made two high-profile mistakes and his team have kind of pulled him out of trouble. Pickford, unfortunately, has has picked up a habit now of making mistakes that ultimately cost football matches or or, or swing the pendulum in another team's favour. So it was a difficult time to make the mistake. Uh, Going in 3-1 down against any team will always be difficult. Against Spurs, it was doubly difficult, especially when they came out and got a quick fourth. When Sigurdsson scored, I maybe thought, you know, try and get one, sparks a little bit of a fight back. But, I mean, the the gap now, I think, you know, we finished above Spurs in Roberto Martinez's first season. uh, And now, in the space of three, four seasons, you know, we've chopped and changed managers. We've chopped and changed the playing staff. And now that gap just looks unbelievably uh, wide. I think they've had a little bit of fortune. You know, it's not every day a goal scorer like Harry Kane. What a player
0: he is, uh, amazing in the flesh through, he you know, him and a little he bit
1: older like that you know the way he kind of almost came out of nowhere he was a little bit older when he when he emerged but they've had that little bit of luck but they've recruited well and all's ever can think now is that when you think back to maybe around the time when they sold Gareth Bale to Real Madrid in 2013 it has took time uh, and it, it will take time but you know I, and I said this again yesterday that a lot of buzzwords around Everton at the moment, like transition, progress, project. But to play like that in front of your own fans, to concede six at Goodison Park, to defend like that when you're wearing that royal blue shirt is pathetic. It was embarrassing. It was hard to watch at times. Uh, We cut open again and again. And it was difficult because, you know, players like Kurt i have been really impressed with him. You know, I thought Michael Keane wasn't particularly the worst of the bunch, but still didn't really hit the height it he has. It was sad to see Seamus Coleman be targeted like that uh, by a team. When Gomez went off, you know, you kind of think, how did we start the midfield with Schneidlin and Davis? No disrespect because they were trying, but the quality just just wasn't there. So it was really concerning uh, to, to, to play like that. And, you know, I don't even think now we're sitting here 12... Hours later, it still hasn't really even sunk sunk in at how bad it was and how easy it was for Tottenham. So, yeah, I mean, th- there was no real positives to take from the game. And I think, you know, after the Arsenal away game, we lost that, but we came out of it with positives. Manchester United, people were still quite upbeat. Chelsea, OK, we drew, we still took positives from that. Liverpool, the way we lost that, still positives from that game. But yesterday was the first time, I think now, we this team and this manager needs to stand up and be counted on Boxing Day. We need to come. You know, I don't care about the performance. I don't care about the way we play. We need at least a point. We need to get something to show for that game because this is this is worrying. Uh, you know, Marco Silver will still be the Everett manager at the end of the season. That's no question about that. You know, I'm not saying let's drop Pickford, let's sack Silver. It's far from it. But it's got to be now where, you know, these fans are paying good money to turn up a Goodison Two days before Christmas, and to witness one of the most shocking performances in a long time. And regardless of the, the position of the club, that's not good enough for me. I'll have to get off your chest, though, didn't you? Am I might as just it, get yeah. off. Like, <laughs> it was really good, up, up, it's wasn't, wasn't it? it? That was an incredible yeah. talk. <laughs> go, and get, go and get silver no, <laughs> and half a straight. Pre Christmas <laughs> straight. Stick down Got a second, still on Wednesday.
0: But come well, in mate's All joking aside as well, Adam, you're our Everton reporter. You had the foresight to not have uh, to have yesterday off, <laughs> which was a good yeah. idea. But have you seen that defeat coming? I know it's it's gone west, hasn't it, since the derby, let's be honest. You know, the form and the performances have really trumbled, but could you imagine ever getting beat six two at home by
2: Tottenham? No. And I don't think any any side in the Premier League well, n- not any side that has the kind of ambitions that Everton have got. We we should never be Conceding six goals in the Premier League, whether whether it's home or away, we just shouldn't be conceding that many goals. And the fact that it's come at Goodison Park is, to be honest, quite disgraceful and it's embarrassing. Like it, it's worse than any result that we had last season, isn't it? I think the worst that we had at Goodison was the five-two against the Arsenal.
1: Yeah, the last time we conceded six was that
2: mad Chelsea game, wasn't it? Six-three. Oh, yeah. Yes, uh, yeah. and then before- even then we still put up a fight in that game. Like we put up more of a fight.
1: I know. Think. I know. Statistician Gav Buckland mentioned it, but I can't remember. I think it was something like our heaviest defeat since like 1933 or something. Or
0: Goodison. Yeah, since team- know, a
1: team. No, no, no. Yeah,
0: since a team not including Fabregas has
2: put six uh, past Everton. I think was. he had a yeah. of the,
0: one with Arsenal, yeah. one with Chelsea, didn't
2: he? Yeah, but like th- that. I don't think anybody could see <clears> this this kind of coming, but you know the si- the signs were there in that City game for me. Like I was I was there watching that game and. The big thing that I managed to take out of that game was that without Idrissa Guy in that midfield, and it's something that Sam picked up on yesterday as well, like without Idrissa Guy in that midfield, the Everton just look far too open and a bit too, a a bit lost sometimes when the, the opposition come forward. And we know how good quality Man City are when they get forward. And obviously we know how good Spurs are when they get forward as well. They've got, a wealth of attacking talent. You know, it's not just Harry Kane, it's like a Deli Alley. Uh Hume Son, I think, is probably the most underrated player in the league. I think he's absolutely incredible. You've got Christian Eriksen, who sat back for most of that match, really, and just popped up with a goal and then that was all he needed to do. You know, when they've got that kind of a c- attacking quality, you need somebody in the midfield who, who will just disrupt them as much as possible. You can't just let them walk through, and that's what Man City did, and that's what Spurs were allowed to do. Tom Davis was the man who was brought in to try and negate that a little bit and you know he's got the energy to kind of do that but he's just not got Idrissa Gueye's nose you know Idrissa Gueye always seems to have that knack to be in the right place to make that tackle to make that interception to just put himself in the way of attacking players when they're trying to move forward and as much as I really like the defensive play of Andre Gomez he's not really got that as part of his game, Morgan Schneiderland's not got it as part of his game. Tom Davis hasn't got it as part of his game. James McCarthy might have it as part of his game, but will he ever be fit enough to be able to show that off for Marco Silva? You know, we've talked a lot on this podcast about the need to improve on Idrissa Guy, and in the long term, I think that's still absolutely viable because Idrissa Guy's not good enough when he's on the ball, moving it forward. We need somebody who can do both, but I think for the time being, the the fact that Idrissa guy is not in the team at the minute is massively apparent, and I just I really hope he's fit for that Burnley game because we're we're going to need him just as much.
0: Looking at certain players who you mentioned a few there, Sam, we'll come through in a minute. But from me watching the game, I had questions about probably Marco Silver for one of the first times because I think we've all, whenever I've been on one of these podcasts, we've said that Southampton the League Cup tie was was the black mark against his name. He picked the wrong side and a chance of a silver had gone so early on. I thought yesterday Everton were criminally high. I thought, you know, as good as players at Tottenham have, it just felt like one ball and they were over the Everton back line. Do you think, to give Marco Silver his, his due respect, you know, Everton have gone to these teams away from home this season and gone toe to toe them, but do you think yesterday you should have shown Tottenham a bit more respect and not being as attacking and not gone after them as such, or is this just something that Everton's you're going to have to get used to because this is his style of football?
1: I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? I think sometimes you've got to pick your battles you've got to kind of look at that game and say, you know, these are flying. We're not flying. You know, and, and like we, you you know, what fan would, would want to watch us get beat 6-2 compared to turn the game into a bit of a battle and nicking a 1-0? Like, you know, like what we kind of got used to under Moyes, you know, even sometimes under Roberto Martinez. I remember uh, when Manchester United came, it was Dave Moyes' last game and we just sat back, we let them have the ball and we picked our moments and, and picked them off. You know, Football is is not, unless you're Pep Guardiola and you've got a, an unbelievable team at your disposal, football is not just a one-way street, is it? You know, there's, there's different tactics to use, there's different ways to, to go about games. So, you know, and, and and that's not what Silva does. You know, Silva obviously, you know, is a football manager who's, who's experienced and, you know, we're not trying to say that he only has one way of playing. But I think, yeah, I think his, th- his thinking yesterday was a little bit skewed and obviously there before we said it was like basketball it was also like almost like a game of FIFA wasn't it it yeah. was just like mm. picking the ball up and it was just like they were just as you were saying the press was that high once they were past one of the midfielders they were in at the back four so you know they were overlapping they were up against Coleman uh, it was quite interesting before the game they were practicing uh, Ben Davis was run down the left the coach had passed to him and four or five players were running to the box onto the ball that he put in uh, you know, so it was it was definitely a plan from them to to get people involved on that left hand side very early on. And I think it just kind of it was unres- I, th- I think the, the black mark that you could put against Silvieste was that it was unresponsive in terms of even at one one, one 0 even. Uh you, you could kind of see that there was warning signs there that, you know, Everton were almost in a little bit of danger. Um to me it reminded me a little bit of that Wigan game where we lost 3-0 under Moyes in the FA Cup final, where you couldn't quite believe what you were seeing. Mm. It just felt like every time they picked the ball up and they were scoring and you were like, is this actually happening? You know, i have expected to just wake up and I'd be in bed and be like, oh, I had a terrible dream that we got absolutely spanked by Spurs. But, you know, it, it, it did happen. And I think all we can do now is, I think that Southampton game sparked a little turn in form. You know, and you've got to learn your lessons. And coming out the ground Jesse. my only concern... Is that when Silver arrived? and a few Watford fans did point the finger to say, "When it's good, it's good, but can he stop a rot?" So this is his first ever time in the Premier League now, when he's got to stop a rot. Do you know, he, he can't let this continue. Uh, we were poor in Cummins' first autumn winter as well, um, and then we had a really good run of form. So I think our next eight matches now are against sides in the top six. Uh, Marco did say in his press conference yesterday. Uh, about, you know, he's not kind of bothered. Every game, you know, for Everton, for a big club like Everton, should be a winnable game. But I think secretly in the back of his mind, he will be thinking we have to get some big results because we're we're touch wood, but we're nowhere near in danger of, of getting sucked into any kind of relegation battle. But you don't want this to continue any longer. So even just to get that feel-good factor, you know, it was it was it was a pleasure. It must have been a pleasure for you to be going the matches the last few months. Mm. It was a pleasure to come into work and, and talk about the football. It was a, you got the sense it was a pleasure for people to support Everton again after Allardyce last season. But, you know, as you're seeing from the thousands of people leaving the ground early and completely were in the right to do that yesterday. It was a bit of a chore watching that yesterday.
2: I think the problem that Silver had against Spurs was that he was a victim of his own ambition in many ways. Like this was the first time any one of these big six sides have ever come to Goodison. Like we'd had to play them away from home all the time. And in in some ways it was a bit of a clean slate for him. Going to those all we all he needed to do was in instill in his players, look put in a good performance, high energy that's all, that's all you need to do and Everton fans will be happy and we were for the most part I think the City games may be a bit a bit aside because that was that wasn't even a good performance but as I said before it's probably because a Guy wasn't playing but I think going into yesterday's game Silver was definitely he wanted to make some sort of statement yeah. I think mm-hmm. by, by trying too close to the sun well like he, it, he, <laughs>
1: A little bit you of Greek know, mythology for everyone there. That. Yeah. <laughs> 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 hey, that's what people tune in for. <laughs> Greek mythology, is it? Continue. <laughs> <laughs> I've ruined your
2: you moment there. <laughs> you, put- you have knocked me train yeah. right off track. I'm, I'm not going to lie.
1: Sorry,
2: <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, uh, that, <laughs> I think Sam's summed up my point a b- more <laughs> more than no, I, I possibly could.
1: That's, that's, that's the perfect point, isn't it? Because I do think those away games kind of did give you hope, didn't you? Because even yeah. you know you've said it yourself in some of your work. The Arsenal game, the United game, it we lost, but there was still a positivity about it. And, yeah. and as you're saying, I think Silver thought, you know what, let's, let's go toe sh- to toe and let's do them and, and let's let's put on a bit of a bit of a show in in doing that.
2: I think, but- I think the problem was he kept he kept saying that as well. He said yeah. that a lot in the build up to this match. And Pochettino, you know, must have been listening and just thought, yeah. all right, then we'll just sit back and exploit yeah. the space yeah. that you're going to yeah. leave. And you know, Spurs are a Champions League side. Like the regular Champions League side, they are just and they're so capable with the attacking players they've got of just picking out, picking so, out the space and just grinding Everton down. And it just it just proved to be the case yesterday. They punished us for every single mistake that we made, and the problem is we just made a whole lot of mistakes. And uh, you know this is it was always going to happen with a new manager. They always face a bad run of form, and I think Silva's faced it at possibly one of the worst times. Like the the festive period is not when you want to be in a bad month. a given, isn't it? Well, yeah, because yeah. you, you, you've got like seven, eight matches in this in such uh, such close proximity <coughs> that if you if you do hit a bad run of form, then it it has the chance of spiralling. As it is now, I think Sam's completely right. Looking ahead to this Boxing Day game now, Burnley nineteenth in the league. I think they are. I'm I'm not even accepting a point good enough. You've got to win that. You've got you've absolutely got to win that game. Because otherwise, where, where does that run stop? The
0: Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Does it overshadow the progress that we've, we've been speaking about all season with Marco Silver? I've seen a stat this morning that, uh, well, it doesn't suggest, it tells the truth that at this stage last season, Everton actually had more points despite that woeful start on the Coom and then obviously buoyed by the, Good results, Allardyce had in his early tenure.
2: Have we gone over the top a little bit? Do you think this season? Um, I think there was a stage where, you know, we were looking at you know, maybe breaking into that top six. Man United are struggling, and you know, try. We were dreaming about European football, and I think maybe that's proven to be a little bit over the top. But I'm not sure it's it's stunted any sort of progress that we've had because when you look at it objectively, the progress is still it's still there. Like. Marcel Brands and Marco Silva had a big job to do in the summer and, you know, I think they've done it it pretty well. I think the signings that they've brought in have all started quite well. You know, some better than others. You know, you've got Richarlison and Dean are probably the standout. uh, Two signings there who've been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, But, you know, they completed a squad cleared out, which was absolutely needed. And I think, to be honest, the last few weeks have just summed up what this squad really is like you 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 look at these especially the midfield area with just a guy out you're thinking is there anyone who can step in to replace him and it's proven that there's not you know we've seen Seamus Coleman struggle for form quite a lot recently and you're thinking well who, who comes in to replace him you know you can bring in John Joe Kenny but he's a young player who's still learning the Premier League is he going to struggle just as much you know, you come you're coming to the point where maybe Kenny has to start to be honest because Coleman's really not cutting it uh, on the right wing. You know, Luch- uh, Walcott scored yesterday, but there's still an issue there with Walcott playing there. Adam Luchman can't seem to force his way into the starting lineup for whatever reason. So you know, there there are problems still across the squad, and I think there's no reason to suggest that Silver and Brands still can't fix it. Maybe in January it's going to be quite difficult to get the kind of quality that we need and you know for the price that especially Marcel Brands is going to want so maybe the next month is going to be quite difficult uh, but you know you you you've I think you've just got to put it into perspective where where we were looking at, at the start of this season we were just we just wanted to see a different brand of football different style of football and you know that's that is happening the signs of that are still there but you know it's just, it's just not coming off at the minute, and there are there are problems there that need to be addressed. And I'm not saying that this is all rosy and positive, you know, it's not. But I think bad runs of form are, are gonna happen. Like at the start of what we're thinking of this as a long term process, these these bad patches of form are always gonna happen. And I'm not saying. That it's good enough at all, and you know, Silver and Brand should be absolutely trying to address this as much as possible, and they should be hammering into this squad of players that these performances are absolutely not good enough for Everton. But you know, I, I can I can understand it on some level. is as, as about is as about as as good as I can get.
1: I think I think that sums it up quite neatly, and, and what it does for me is it tempers the expectations and and just adds a little bit of realism because at the end of the day obviously sometimes social media isn't the best gauge for things but you know there's some for some people where Marcel Brands and Marco Silva can't do no wrong and you know it, it's always good to be positive but at the same time we've got to accept that people make mistakes and, you know Pep Guardiola's first season at Manchester City there was a point where they were in danger of not finishing in the top 4 and then all of a sudden we're playing this brand of supersonic football the next season obviously that's not something that Everton are even close to doing but it's about accepting things don't always go to play you know What would we want Silva to have a Martinez first season and then to struggle for two more years then on the back of that you know that settles back a long time you know Koeman had that good run at the second half of his first season you know then that last season set, settles back further now I think at the end of the day it might not even take two seasons three seasons you know it might be longer than that and it's hard to accept as Evertonians because you know for me and Adam 23-24 we've never seen Everton win a trophy you've only seen Everton win the no FA one. Cup I mean how old are you Paul Eighteen, nineteen?
0: 19 uh, yeah something <laughs> <triple> like that <laughs> double and add one
1: you know so, so it's difficult for us you know when we do these podcasts sometimes with Dave Prentice Phil Kirkbride Chris Bees in and they've seen these amazing Everton teams of the 80s. We have no kind of expectation of that, but it it, it is a, as hard as it's going to be. You know, it is a building job, but stuff like that, yes, they cannot happen. You know, Everton cannot lose games 6-2. So I, I just think what it does is it just kind of shows people, you know, in, in, you know, that was not the way you want to be shown how big that gap is between the top six, but it's just kind of highlighting the job at hand. You know, there is still players... You know, this is still a squad with Umar and the Ass This is still a squad where, you know, as Adam's saying, should Seamus Coleman be in the team? Probably not. Would John Joe Kenny add any more than Seamus Coleman, though? Probably not. You know, it, it, it is still a squad that's in transition. Pochettino has had some hard times at Spurs. You know, it did not happen overnight for him. It's not happened overnight for Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool. You know, again, it's a, it's a tough comparison to make, but. I'd still quite like to be top of the league. So, you know, it, it, it's just stepping stones and building blocks. And all that does for me yesterday is you've kind of just got to take a few days, you know, try and enjoy Christmas Day, try and forget about football <laughs> as much as we can and, and, and then come back to it and, and accept where we are. You know, it is disappointing that we've got less points than last season. I think we've played a game less, though, than we had at this stage, Um quite a sobering thought as well but you do forget how good we were in those first few weeks of Allardyce and obviously Unsworth won that last game against West Ham so you know it's it's one of them I do think that we will turn it round in the second half of the season but you know as me and Phil were saying yesterday seventh place will guarantee European football and and that's got to be the target I still would even though you know, transition project, all these buzzwords. I still would be disappointed if we didn't finish seventh this season. That's still got to be the minimum objective for how much backing Mashiri is given. Brands and Silver and that playing squad, when you compare it with the rest of the Premier League, because outside the, the top six, the rest of the Premier League isn't great. Everton are definitely the best of the rest. Everton, I still think, are as good as Manchester United. So, for as much as I'll, I'll give... Brands and silver, that kind of breathing space to, to to appreciate what they're doing. There's still got to be that realism then to also say we do need to finish in the top seven.
0: I think it's a good point, but I'll try and play Devil's Advocate again a bit. If you're going to accept that, that the, not the ultimate ambition, but the, the short-term ambition is to finish seventh, be the best of ref, build the team. But you've also got to give your fans, those big days, you know, those games that you remember all the season. And at the moment, Everton has certainly not done it in the Cups. Hopefully it'll change when they play Lincoln, goes a strong side, gets the win through to the fourth round. But it's now 23 games since Everton last beat, beat one of the established top six. That's City, was it? Yeah, yes, yeah, City. And that, that that doesn't feel too long ago. 23 games since I haven't beat one of those teams. And I know people walking out the ground yesterday were just really fed up. And, like, I totally agree with you. I think... This project, to use another, you know, this kind of modern day parlance, but talk about football jobs. You've got to have that patience, you've got to have that perspective. But silver, the team have got to be careful here, haven't they? Because there's been a lot of goodwill and rightly so. And you guys have rightly said it's Burnley away next. And I think it's the next seven after that are also teams Everton should expect to beat. Need to bounce back, and keep the fans on side, don't they?
2: Mm. Yeah, but I think they've needed to do that for... A few games, to be honest, like you thought, you thought the Newcastle game at home was the perfect way to bounce back after the derby, just didn't work out. Then you're thinking, oh, Watford at home, you know, there'll be a tough side, but you know, I go to some park, should be able to bounce back, it just hasn't happened. So I think we've got unlucky that we've played Man City and Spurs in the la- in the last two games. who had like two of the best teams in the league, but at the same time, performances just aren't acceptable. And I think the frustration from a lot of Everton fans is that. It, do, it doesn't seem to be coming from Silver that these performances aren't really acceptable. Like he he, do, he doesn't seem to be angry enough, and I can understand that frustration in a lot of ways. And I think Sam touched on it quite well earlier. It's, it is a bit of a generational gap because you see you're seeing a lot of Everton fans who have seen us, you know, win the lot. You know, we were incredible during the eighties, and you know, we we even won a cup in the nineties. And there, there's a lot of Everton fans who've kind of missed that. And I, and I think, you know, if if you have seen Everton win win the lot, even with, you know, I don't don't think we particularly had a good squad in '95, but still still managed to lift the FA Cup. You know, you you do you do feel that frustration. You know, even though we haven't got a good squad of players here, there's there's still something missing from every single performance. And you know, I think Silver needs to try really hard to. Get that right over the next few weeks. Just because he's on some sort of project doesn't mean that he's free from any sort of criticism. And I think that if, as long as the criticism's fair, then I, I'm, I'm, I'm all for fans, you know, voicing it. You know, the booze at the end of that performance yesterday, quite rightly so. You know, you the fans need to let the players know that that absolutely isn't acceptable if you're pulling on an Everton shirt. So I just hope that that's what Silver's really drilling into his players over the next few days because, as I said before, if you're coming away from Burnley, you are going to be in a relegation fight all season. If you're coming away from there without a win, whether you've drawn or not, if you're coming away from there without a win, then something, something went badly wrong. Burnley
0: and then Boxing Day next for Everton. Before we do the predictions and wrap up the podcast... What changes would you make? You, you've talked about Coleman, you've talked about the midfield, the, the discussion about the centre-forward uh, has been a, one that's gone on throughout this campaign. I'm like you, Sam, with what you said about Calvert-Lewin yesterday, I thought he was one of the better performers. I think he, he gave the centre-backs, particularly the first half, he occupied them, he, he ran him. he set up the goal, obviously, for Walcott. If he was to keep his place, is there other changes on the wings? Is there a change in midfield? Change in defence?
1: I think it's questions about fitness now, isn't it? You know, we we, we still need to find out why Adam Ola-Luckman was missing from the squad. We need to find out uh, Gomez's status. We need to find out Gwe's status. Um, So, to be honest, naming a team right now would be quite difficult. Um, I think the one thing you could say, I said to Phil yesterday, uh, Yedi Mina came out yesterday's game outstanding by sitting on the bench. Yeah, yeah. Bernard came out yesterday's game outstanding, came off the bench late on. Uh, a lot of players there who had that real chance to, to grab a shirt failed so miserably that people who weren't even in the squad, like James McCarthy, I would put in before the likes of Morgan Schneider. So, you know, if you're saying that, it's disgraceful really, isn't it? So I think, uh, for me, if Gomez and Gabe both aren't fit, I'd probably... I mean, I don't know how fit he is, but if he can manage it, I'd probably prefer to see McCarthy and Davis than Schneidlin. Davis thought Schneiderlin was diabolical again when he came on yesterday. I thought Davis started quite brightly and didn't have a terrible game in in terms of, you know, maybe. I just thought he looked a little bit out of his depth. Yeah. You know, these players were running at him and you could almost just see him saying, you know what? You know, and I think Gomez, as you were saying before we came in, looked a little bit similar. Just like, what am I meant to do here? You know, which, you know, for a young lad who has struggled a little bit with his form status and then been out the team, you know, no one would wish wish that upon him. Uh, so, you know, it's it's all down to injuries. I think Burnley are going to play a lot of long balls, a lot of diagonals. It's Sean Dyche's style of football. Mina's height will probably be more suited to that type of game than it was to the Manchester City game, where he struggled. Uh, Zuma was very poor yesterday, I think, wasn't he? So he, he might be under threat. Wouldn't even surprise me if we went five at the back. So, I mean... I could just see any number of changes. I could see Bernard, I could see Walcott, uh, I could see Bernard, I could see Luckman, I could see Tosin, I could see McCarthy, I can see Mina, I could see Kent, you could make a case for Kenny. Not (laughs) Steckenberg. Not just just yet, not just yet. Uh, But, you know, I I don't think Silva will want to be too reactionary. Obviously that doesn't reflect well on anyone if, if we made seven changes or anything like that, but there will definitely be changes and hopefully we get picture the injury picture becomes a little bit clearer over the next
2: couple of days and we can maybe see what the manager's thinking might be. I think the big one for me is Kenny. If John Joe Kenny can't get his get into the sides now. What with do you Col- think he adds go- more than Coleman? Though? Well with Coleman looking tired and out of form, if Kenny doesn't get in now then what's the point of yeah. him being here? <laughs> like I, he like if, if if he doesn't get in now then when will he?
1: I I understand that point, but I think that's the problem that faces Brands and Silver. I I think Kenny doesn't add anything more than an out of form Seamus Coleman. I I think he offers
2: more in the final third. I don't get excited when Seamus Coleman breaks forward anymore. I don't don't have any confidence that he can pick out a man. Whereas Kenny, I do. He's got good crossing ability. Uh,
1: It seems the logical change, but I'd say it's almost certain that he won't change Coleman. You know, he was the captain yesterday, wasn't he? So. I'd be very surprised if he if he did drop that But, You know again that is the plan. That's what a lot of these young lads got to be asking themselves, isn't it? You know, John Joe will probably be keen dal himself, you know, Benny Benigamy, if I can't get into this team, what am I doing here? You know, that, that that will probably be a question they'll be asking themselves now in January and at the end of the window. Um so yeah, a bit I mean, I think this now, you know, we all said after that Southampton Carabao Cup exit, a big a big kind of game for Silver coming up uh, and, and it's the same against Burnley everything's going to be scrutinised now from his team selection to his tactics you know Jordan Pickford has said that yes he is now being scrutinised you know a lot of players in there now we need big performances from the players and a big performance from the manager. so it's going to be an interesting Boxing Day
0: We'll soon know where the team selection come two o'clock on <laughs> Boxing Day Sam, Adam what are your predictions for the game? F- solid little 2-0 win I reckon we'll clean sheet, take one of those at the moment. Yeah, Sam. Three, one. Evan. Maybe I'm older and more cynical, but I think it's gonna be one one. I one, just, one. My concern about Everton at the moment, it just looks like a team on the slide a little bit. And, and you're right, Adam, it has to be reversed. I'm, mm. I'm with you, I think a win is paramount on, yeah. on Boxing Day. Yeah, 100%. big question, final question for you, Paul. What have you asked for for Christmas? Three points of bail.
1: Three points of <at> bail. <laughs> yeah, obviously. We've all asked for the same yeah. thing, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Although, I do hope I get that uh, Malibu Stacey doll. <laughs> as Well, have you peeked at my present
0: for you? <laughs> you, know, you know what? Also, I like for Christmas an Adam Jones roast dinner. I see oh, the pictures second. on
2: Facebook. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what, that looks top draw. That mate, honestly, I put I was. took them roast potatoes out of the oven and like I nearly dropped them because I was surprised at how good they looked. <laughs> it was only the second time I've ever cooked the roast, and Look. that's how it turned out. Looks very experienced.
0: I was made up. Maybe we can take to Marco Silver, win at Bernie, and then Adam will do it all around. Maybe Marco, yeah.
1: maybe Marco will, fact, will say, I listened to that. Podcast pre Bailey podcast it was that good. We we'll invite you around for a roast dinner.
0: There you go. Should we send it to Everton after we finish there? Yeah, let's
1: yeah. make it a yeah. deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, 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 I'm good, good. I'm good personal friends with. You know, I don't mention it. But a member of the Everton squad. So <laughs> My He's currently up. on loan.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's
1: <clarifying. laughs> <laughs> scored in the derby. Yeah, scored in the derby. Yeah. Quiz question: What 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 player am I friends with? There we go. Let's see. Send well, them in. Send at them to At, Sam Washington. Washington. at Sam Zero. There you go. I'll cook them a roast dinner. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> you,
0: that, why would you punish them for getting it right? <laughs> you might want food poisoning. Well, on that note, I think it's time to end. Uh, wish you all a happy Christmas and hopefully Everton do the business at Turf Moor.
2: You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from
1: the Liverpool Echo.